You're listening to The Cold Crypt with Micah Carlson on WNYU 89.1 FM. Hello again. Welcome to The Cold Crypt. I have a very special guest with me today. And this is also a first. My guest is the person who suggested this movie. Hi. What's up, everyone? I'm Amber. We've had, like, classes together yeah. <laughs> all throughout our four years. I felt compelled to submit something. I love cult media. Some of my favorite movies are those that, like, found audiences much later. Yeah. And I feel like when you find a new audience years and years after the movie's released, that audience is just that much more passionate about yeah. the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I guess... I really love this show's whole concept. And Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm excited to, to talk about this movie. Yeah, and I'm really happy that you like turned me on to this. I've heard about this film. I've heard discourse around it. And also the topic of queer slashers from the 80s, especially ones that were explicit. The film we're talking about, William Friedkin's yeah. Cruising, mm-hmm. uh, 1980 on the dot. So basically, my introduction to this film mm-hmm. was, I heard about this film through my brother. And oh. my brother just sort of like discovered it. Going through the HBO Max catalog, he was just immediately like, oh, Amber, you have to watch this. And, like, (laughs) I watched it, and it's just so surprising, like, the people behind it, Mm. Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. A role that, like, I've never seen Al Pacino act like this. Oh, yeah. He's the undercover cop. Mm -hmm. He's, like, being introduced to the underground. This is actually, like, a pretty standard serial killer investigation thing where the cop is introduced into a world. But yeah, this is him post-Dog Day afternoon, so he's dabbled in a really famous historical queer story of the moment. I don't know if you know about that film, but that's about the bank robber mm-hmm. who was holding up a bank so that he could get the money for his girlfriend, a trans woman's mm-hmm. surgeries. It was like a show of love to her. There's a really good documentary on that called The Dog. It's like he's already dabbled in changing himself as a character, but yeah. it's, also, it's a big move to like explicitly play a character who's debating his queerness throughout. Not very subtly, obviously, but also, (laughs) it's very raw and it's very interesting. It is so raw, and that's what I love about it. And it's also very quiet. Like, this whole movie, it's very quiet, Mm. but then it also has a very distinct soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, string. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know why this movie just isn't talked about more. It was doing, like, a lot of different things, but also it was very simple. It's a very Mm -hmm. straightforward slasher investigation Mm. movie. And I found myself doing the dramatic writing thing where <laughs> when Al Pacino first came in onto screen, I looked at the runtime, mm. 16 minutes in. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the runtime for when he leaves his girl and finally is Gets dancing. His yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it goes to like the first yeah, yeah, yeah. club, yeah. And that was at like the 50 minute mark. And mm. I was like, oh, midpoint. It's very simple it's very tight Mm. and that's what i really appreciate about slash movies about the horror genre in general Mm -hmm. is that the structure is there and the way you elevate it is through just like the atmospheric the visual storytelling and we were talking about this earlier but Mm. like the way this movie is shot yeah like talk about raw like that that feels (laughs) so raw and it's a reflection of what the main character is going through Mm. And again, like the film crane. Oh mm-hmm. my God. Like, yeah. So beautiful. There's so much about it that actually calls attention to like the fact it is on film. Mm-hmm. Where like you don't think about it, I bet at the time, but now when we have that want mm-hmm. to like go back to film or yeah. to recreate it, because the like effect they do after one of the murders in the park, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so sudden and it's so great. Like, yeah, just jarring. Yeah. There's all of a sudden there's distortion and yeah. it's like, it looks like they use the negative as well. And I was just like, oh my God, they use the negative. Like, the negative. I went crazy. <laughs> um, 
But then you also have really great use of color. There's great mm. use of the grading in terms of the dark seediness changes at times. Mm. And there's these different feelings of warmth. The underbelly becomes like more normal to you. And then mm. also there's these flashes where you're like at their old apartment where it's all like so white. Yeah. It feels raw almost. Mm. It's really fun how they do simple things like that. And everything's mm. still shot on the street. The thing that sticks the most are all the shots of people looking directly at cameras, yes. sizing the character up, but also sizing the audience up yeah. and making them confront like, what if I was being mm. looked at like that? It really does place you in the moment so well. Yes, um, I think that's a perfect way to summarize the visual language of this movie. It's mm. just like, you're there. You're yeah. there in that club. You're there in that park. You're there in that <laughs> theater. That bookstore, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what, what were your favorite kills? I mean, I, I really do love the park because of how yeah. sudden that is. And yeah. also, it's such a interesting setting it's such like an off-putting moment the writing like like, the first one really surprised me because the first dialogue uh, with the killer and his victim like the the professor is the first one if i'm remembering correctly that just hit in such a way i was like Mm. that actually sounded so great and then you process it's got to be one of them and then you quickly figure out who it is. And it is a sinking pit in your stomach. Yeah. The first kill is, like, actually really gut-wrenching. Oh, uh, it really is. Like, that, just the imagery, yeah. too. And, like, the way that this movie opens with just, like, that yeah, floating... The boat, yeah, yeah, the floating arm. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, like, what are your thoughts on the way that this movie, like, approached messed up, like, violence and stuff like that? I mean, it's definitely hyper-stylized. Mm-hmm. It has that, like neon red blood of like jolly and almost hammer horror like so this is really sensational this is really vibrant but i mean a lot of the killing is just that initial like entry there's a lot of like showing the squib and then just going into the repeated action and showing splatter on the back it's the same thing of how they approached sex scenes in this as well there's Mm. a lot of not showing you everything but giving you enough information to where you can easily picture all of it is equating sex and violence Mm -hmm. quite frequently in the film that is like undisputably part of its ethos. I saw a lot of things comparing it immediately to 70s exploitation, and I do kind of agree. It is kind of reducing all of the, like, hyperness of it into a really simple and really direct package, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when it comes to depictions of violence. Yeah. Uh, and since it is a procedural, you know, you have these, like, also very intensely laid out, like, crime scenes afterwards as well. So there's a lot of focus on staging. There's a lot of focus on the vibrancy. It makes it feel all very intense and heightened. I don't think it makes it feel, like, disgusting or off-putting, if that makes sense. Mm. I do really like that approach. I would rather it be less about the, like, the thrill of it and more about the artistry of it. Yeah. It's very well-considered and it's well-placed and well-planned. Mm. No, I... I 100% agree with that. The moments that I was really drawn to were not, like, those, that imagery of, like, you know, the blood or, like, the violence or whatever. It was, again, like, the suspense, the build-up to it. I feel like that's where the directing William Friedkin's work on this, like, Mm. really shines. Yeah. Because the whole rhythm of this movie is very light, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, there are moments where Kino's character is allowed to breathe. There are yeah. those moments of return to his partner or whatever mm-hmm. uh, as he's trying to face this community mm-hmm. and, like, trying to help, trying to do his job, but not being able to accept that part of himself. Yeah. Even though that part of himself is there, mm-hmm. like, it is there, and I feel like he knows that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what he's wrestling with. Yeah. And I really relate to that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, like slow build up I'm teetering the sort of idea 
what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think the way the staging, the planning yeah. of all the violence, like the build up before it is that kind of yeah. like messing with the audience. Just the shot of both of their their shoes like at the bed, sitting on the bed and the wrestling magazines like that just sticks. And mm-hmm. you're so focused on like, you know, that he's avoiding pulling something out yeah. of his boot yeah. and that's when you sort of click I don't know whose shoe that is but I also know that's where the knife is that's where I know that something is there mm-hmm. there's lots of scenes like that that stick with me and I like the quarter as well going into the the projector to keep it running yeah, after yeah. The, the kill in the adult bookstore yeah <laughs> it's simple images like mm-hmm. that that really stick with me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah a lot of striking visuals mm-hmm. um something that I was kind of worried about was the way that this movie like portrays the gay community and like homophobia did you think it was like a did it handle it well did it handle yeah, it sen- cause sensitive? yeah because there is like a great debate about this film for sure yeah and the queer community of like is this representation or not and on the one hand i think the thing is it is like a normal corruption story there's a lot of these sort of films where a cop goes undercover and becomes the thing he's hunting and yeah. that's what happens by the end of this as well he transforms he changes yeah. like part of the culture is in him. He never really engages with any man except the the killer in their final yes. confrontation. That's yeah. the only time he really in any way initiates anything with a man. Yeah. He almost does with a suspect, but it's just sting operation and nothing actually happens. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually get the feeling that he wanted it to continue. Yeah, which exactly. Is, which is the one thing where you're like, okay, yeah, he is kind of admitting to it. Mm-hmm. He is opening himself up to this. That is immediately met with a hate crime by the police. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the... The, the only scene I've ever seen from this is that interrogation where that Al Pacino's character just gets... Weird. It's weird, but I think I kind of get it in that it is just raw and nakedly having you see something that is extremely dehumanizing and is unabashedly a hate crime done by the police. Yeah. <laughs> and him as a police officer internalizing it, and that's when he says, like, I don't think I can do this job. Mm. So I think there is very easily a way to read this as somebody having a discovery from like having to aid the community and processing like oh this is me but also because of it following that normalized narrative of becoming the killer yeah the end doesn't surprise me but it also sort of tells you in a weird way it's tying that together Mm. which is where the issue is and it's based off of a novel and i believe they just went with the ending the novel did and the whole felt like more exploitative at least looking at it a reaction to it Mm -hmm. i do think friedkin tried to be definitely more sympathetic and also more aware of the culture which is the good thing of it it is specifically focusing on cruising which is an inherently dangerous thing that a lot of people knew the risk of when they were doing it as well that something like this could happen to you that you could get attacked or killed but I fully understand not wanting to engage with this at all. (laughs) And I do understand the reading of this, that is, this does more harm than good. But also, it's an 80s film that is doing a lot better than the exploitative gay-centered material. Mm. And also, there's, like, no real usage of things like slurs. Everything that is really horrific and feels lived is in those in those killings and is in that interrogation which i think keeping them in that violent sphere makes it easier to process this is inherently wrong yeah and it isn't ever made into like a joke that Mm -hmm. he's like putting on this act like he's close with ted his neighbor Mm -hmm. and he's um he finds like common ground in the community which is also good to see even with the prostitutes who are at the front of the film and like keep coming back up who are always in drag 
and that like very 80s representation of them they still have a lot more control and a lot more say about themselves than they would in a normal cop film where she's explicitly telling the chief like mm-hmm. there are these guys you need to fix this for yeah me. you're she, you like, owe it calling to me. them out and too. she constantly yeah. is telling them you yeah. owe this to me as yeah. your informant yeah take care of this for me yeah. and there's things like some of the bars are just goofy <laughs> They are really goofy. <laughs> the wolf's den where they're just howling yeah. made me start cracking up so hard. It was the 80s. <laughs> and then the cop bar was also just inherently funny because yeah. just blowing whistles mm. to call guys over. Yeah, like, again, I was nervous about it. I was mm. wrestling with, like, because this is a controversial movie. Yeah, yeah. I was aware of that the first time I watched it. But that's why I thought it would be cool to recommend. Because, mm-hmm. like, again, I feel like cult media has to fight to find an audience yeah right yeah and this is a movie that like yes it's controversial but in the 80s it's willing to like try to tackle these things like mm-hmm. sensitively like you can see that but then like there are moments where, like <laughs> there are yeah. still moments like it's not a perfect film it it's, is not a perfect film. It, there's a lot of things that like you just have to raise an eyebrow and like i said because it's following this like standard like pathway yeah for the undercover cop to fall into what he's doing yeah and become corrupted and has that reading yeah that's unavoidable but i think also it just does so much to show that like all of these are real people (laughs) there is that element of this is sensational like the scene in one of the bars before the poppers to frame it without saying what it is like that scene is that's not necessary but i understand Mm. it's just something you learn about yeah in the culture but it's good a bit of talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) i do like how they do the hanky code because I think that's actually really fun to see, like, discussed more than just, like, showing the shots and him, like, oh, yeah, yeah, asking the, asking yeah, the yeah. guy who's selling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and, didn't know about that. Like, yeah, yeah. is that, like, a real thing? Yes, hanky codes were huge and important, uh, especially even at, like, balls. If you were going to cruise, that's how you could easily mm, find people. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. that guy says, don't put it in your pocket. Like, even if you see it in your pocket, it doesn't matter how it's hanging. Yeah. If it's visible, that means that you are willing to do it. It was a form of consent in the 80s before oh, safe sex was really, like, well understood. Mm. Uh, having stuff like that and having that explained in a way that is like you know i'm showing interest but also i'm not making fun of it yeah is a really key thing as well yeah it's his fault for getting a yellow hanky i don't know why he got a yellow <laughs> hanky because yellow only means one thing it doesn't mean two mm. things it's a different shade <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually like how that was handled i like I even like how cruising is shown in this as like the the looking and sizing people up because it's an intimidating thing but it's a thing that you enter into yes. it is a thing that yeah. you allow yourself to experience yeah and especially at this time period it is yeah. definitely a time capsule yes uh, yeah exactly yeah freaking is giving the effort to some sort of spotlight mm-hmm. right in whether it is those elements to like you know hanky yeah, code yeah hanky code i think that's cool that like you know i didn't know about that but mm-hmm. it was digestible the way yeah. that the movie portrayed and communicated that part of cruising it just amazes me when art is able to take big concepts like this is what's happening in the world today Mm -hmm. and then make an entertaining story out of it because at the end of the day this is a slasher movie yeah right like it's a simple one as Mm -hmm. we've been saying it's a very straightforward one and it's entertaining like i had fun even rewatching it Mm -hmm. It, it's still suspenseful it's still like, I know what happens, and like, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. You kind of figure out what happens. Like, yeah, you kind of, you not, feel it. Is the you thing. feel yeah, it, You yeah. feel it. And yeah. I think that's cool that the movie, it's being innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's doing interesting things where it's giving you that hint, that this never-ending anticipation, this mm-hmm. build-up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the point of it. It's not who ends up being the killer. It's not 
Pacino being able to be like, oh, I caught the killer. Like, Mm. it's that struggle to face this part of himself, the place that he, you Mm -hmm. know, works in, lives in, like, this community. He has to, like, be a part of it. And, like, that scares him. Going back to what I was saying about structure, like, I also caught that right around the midpoint, that's when his partner is just like, don't come back. Yeah, yeah. like, we should take a break. yeah. Yeah. And... What I'm learning in studying screenwriting is that after the midpoint, that's when things get messy. That's when the real story takes place. That's when things become clear. Mm -hmm. And I think that moment of don't come back, like, now you are in this community. Like, it is, Mm. you are trapped in it. And that's why, like, I'm kind of upset by the ending. No, yeah. I really do not like the ending. Yeah. I think it was sticking to the novel, I think, Mm -hmm. was the thought of it. It was also because I knew that, like, something would have to happen to Ted for him to, like, have this much screen time. That's just, like, was something this tight. That's sort of what it means. Mm. But it was also, like, I feel like the aggression was enough when it was him breaking into the apartment. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I don't think it needed to go to the point of having him, like, become, like, Stuart. Especially considering the killer Stuart has that hyper-specific thing. Uh, Almost every slasher villain in the 1980s and also the mid-70s just had a hang-up over a dead parent or a dead family member, and that was what yeah. was made the murder. Yeah. That's understandable. When when he brought up his dad, and then <laughs> the I saw the letters, I was like, okay, he's dead. Yeah, 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 got it, got it, got it. Like, immediately. Yeah. And, like, yeah, his whole thing is, I guess, proving to his father he's, like, overcoming himself oh. by doing things for his dad. He, like, says it's for him. But that doesn't, like, go over to what's happening with Steven, with Al Pacino's character. Because they added that thing of, like, how slashers, like, function normally, Mm. it makes it feel weird when it, like, Yeah. Because it does. It transfers. Mm. And that's my biggest gripe. And the thing that I felt was coming, I was like, oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I agree that the star of this movie is definitely not (laughs) the ending. (laughs) No. (laughs) But rewatching it, I was just like, oh. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, like, I really love when he's on Stewart's campus and, like, dogging him into, like, paying attention to mm. him. Like, that's what I love when he's, yeah. like, committing to luring this guy and getting him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, committing to cruising this guy mm. for the purpose of stopping him. Yeah, yeah. And also, I do kind of like that he doesn't kill Stuart. That yeah. Stuart, like, will face charges. He is going to actually, like, be charged for what he's done. Yeah. That's really interesting, and I like that. It's yeah. not eye for an eye. But then you have... Well, we have to have another murderer. And it's like, well, why? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of eye for an eye, like, to tie it back to the way that I saw Al Pacino in this movie, I mm-hmm. feel like Al Pacino has such a distinct, interesting look. Mm. Where you look at that guy and you're like, that guy. That guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> but then, you know, he has this interesting look and he's kind of mm. like hanging back, kind of like that quietness. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like in always in his movies, you know, Scarface and Godfather, he has this moment where he, like, bursts, and, like, Mm. it's like this, like, he bursts out, and, like, his performance takes on a different, level, layer, yeah, 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 level, but in this movie, that kind of moment that I was anticipating the whole time is that final decision where he decides not to kill him, just, like... Yeah, just to go for... Just, go like, kind of whack him, him. like... Yeah. <laughs> kind of, like... Yeah, yeah, I literally went back to see where he had the knife, and I was like, okay, it's his side, I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's, like, silly. Yeah. But, like, that moment where they both go at each other at exactly. the same time. Yeah. It's just the usual stuff that I'm seeing with Al... That I, like, associate with Al Pacino. Yeah. Where it's serious and brooding. It's, like, kind of silly. My two favorite kills in this movie mm-hmm. were definitely 
Central Park. Mm-hmm. It's because of the writing, like the yeah, dialogue, yeah. the toying, mm-hmm. like the hiding. Oh, in the, that's yeah, that's yeah. the hiding in the tree. Yeah, 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 and like he's like, "Where are you?" <laughs> His the, little nursery. Yeah, rhyme. yeah, the nursery rhyme. <laughs> And, like, it's just so unnerving. It mm-hmm. gives me, like, shining vibes. I like, gotta say, that's the laziest nursery rhyme I've <laughs> ever heard. Yeah. It's just, like, where are you? We are here. I am here. It's the laziest rhyme. <laughs> but it's real. It's raw. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. like, I mean, it works. <laughs> it works. It works. And then I loved the movie. Yeah, the, uh, the projection. The projector yeah. one. Yeah. Because of the blood. Because, yeah. like, the distinct, like, color. And when it, like, hits the projector. I don't know. The way that he framed that shot mm. the blood was jumping no, that, off the screen that one is really beautiful I yeah think that's, i think that's my second favorite i'm just kind of obsessed with the first one i think it does a great job with the tone the reason why i think i'm talking about it so much is because that's what surprised me is he is such a recognizable name it's just and mm. this performance is such an interesting choice like yeah. why didn't this movie why haven't i heard about it like more why isn't it talked about more yeah i was really fascinated by the fact that like the only reason Steven was picked was because he fits the look of the yes, guys he's targeting. the type! Because they literally sit him down and show him all of yeah. the victims as, like, it, this you. Like, yeah. he's looking you for... <laughs> he's looking for a guy like he you. Your, this he, is why it has to be you. He wouldn't be in this situation if he didn't look like he yeah. did. If he wasn't the type of person he is. Yeah. And then he's forcing the murderer to look at him. That's the moment where he switches to me, is when he's just, like staring at him uh-huh. and there's the one scene where they literally do like a yeah. radius around him yeah. Stuart going into yeah. his college campus and then when they make eye contact when he figures out somebody has broken into my house mm. and he sees him across the street yeah. that's the moment where that's no longer the person from the start that mm. is fully a different person that mm. has been that's so interesting yeah it's one the fact he's initiating everything yeah and it's two he he's he certainly knows the right person yeah but he also knows that he can feed that like intensity that has yeah. been talked about multiple times because ted mentions like he had a friend who, like, would get so mad at, like, the injustices of stuff, he would just have to go out and be with a bunch of people and, like, forget everything mm-hmm. by, like, forcing himself into, like, a lot of physical act. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, that is equated to murder yeah. multiple times in this. You get to a point where you just have to unleash something. Mm-hmm. I think the cuts between them, they both have the same intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything you're talking about, like, it's just making me realize, like, this whole movie is doing so much with perception. Mm-hmm. Like... Just a dynamic between the two of them. The way that you read Steven's, like, moment where he has become this person. But also visually, the POV shots. Mm-hmm. I love the, the shots when he's, like, working out. Yes, like, yeah, both of them. They watch themselves yeah, yeah. in the mirror as they're, exactly. like, doing reps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both do the same types of reps to, mm-hmm. to make themselves fit the physique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I agree. The script's reasoning for why it has to be Al Pacino's character. Like, when he asked that question, mm-hmm. I was just like, my professor should ask me that all yeah. the time in class. Why is it him? Why is it him? Why Why is this our lead? And literally, <laughs> it's because... It's he look, he's the part. The, the most... Yeah. <laughs> it's literally, he's the part. <laughs> it's so meta. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I think that's so great. This movie, it is serious. It mm. is, like, has this very gritty tone Hmm. but at the same time it understands what it is yeah yeah i don't know like it does what it doesn't it's very interesting (laughs) and it's mentioned by ted specifically like honestly this guy could be a cop especially since he's targeting them like he's targeting a community that isn't thought of and he mentions like six to ten months earlier was the first kill and it wasn't even the papers yeah like it was completely ignored that corruption that you're talking about Mm -hmm. in this city in this community but also in the police system Mm. connecting that to masculinity and homophobia Mm. is very clever and again it is like saying it is like 
the movie has balls, you know? It's like, <laughs> it's make, it's like trying to make these statements. Are they landing? Are they not landing sometimes? Yeah. Sometimes they're a little rough. But, a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> but it is trying to say something. Again, I really admire and respect movies that the odds are against them and they're fighting to tell their story, mm-hmm. right? And I feel that in this movie. Yeah. I feel the thought behind this movie, the passion, the careful consideration of like all these details, mm. right? But it's still the 80s, so it's still like, okay. Yeah. We're, we don't understand some things, but like, we're trying here. We're trying to do interesting things with the camera, with the sound, with mm. the unfolding of this narrative, with telling it through a slasher movie, like mm. exploring these themes of corruption, violence, homophobia, toxic masculinity, the way men perceive women, the way New York perceives this important community. Mm. Uh, It's doing it through a slasher. And again, it's juggling all these different things and there's still an entertaining story at the core of it. I just think it's mind-blowing the way that it all comes together. At its core, it is unabashedly a pulp but it, it's saying a lot more than most pulp mm-hmm. that's the thing like you can tell that there's a lot of attention yeah there's a lot of care yeah. and there, it is exploring something that is foreign to a lot of people yeah. especially at this time like yeah. i have hindsight i like i know what these things are mm-hmm. it's stuff yeah. like that where i'm like i know that's definitely crisco <laughs> yeah. it's stuff like that but if you're seeing this for the first time or if this is also a way to like know what the perception was of this yes it is dirty mm-hmm. but also isn't inherently wrong it's something that you have to familiarize yourself with yeah and i love everything you're saying because i relate to it when Mm -hmm. i first watched this movie i'm someone who grew up in like a muslim culture where my parents we didn't talk about sexuality we didn't Mm -hmm. have those conversations Mm -hmm. i was very just like sheltered repressed growing up Mm -hmm. when i discovered this movie and when i watched it what i'm latching on to this entertainment aspect the fact that it is trying to say all these different things. Coming from that background, that's why I was so drawn to it. Mm-hmm. The popular, like, queer media. I think of, like, Drag Race and mm-hmm. all these different, like, theat- like You don't try to say it. <laughs> I don't want to, like... It has a specific form of theatrics it, to yes. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this, again, like, the quietness that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The raw, the gritty, the film grain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's exploring these things in a way that I personally seen. I love detective stuff, like yeah, Batman, yeah. that's my childhood. Like, <laughs> this is stuff that I like to write, too. And, like, um, again, like, I think that's why I'm personally attached to it. Mm. Even though, like, I do understand that gay culture that it's expressing, sometimes it drops a ball mm. and isn't as sensitive. But uh, it's still opening up that dialogue. And I hadn't had that dialogue okay. growing up. Yeah. Everything that is behind us, in my opinion, should be given a chance to be reevaluated and looked at. I don't think anything, like, inherently is awful unless it was created with the intention of doing harm. Mm -hmm. This most certainly was not. I think this does sort of fall into that lens, even if it's not, like, handled directly by queer creatives, which I think is the main conceit Mm -hmm. of the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do agree with that. I wish that there were queer voices involved, but also Mm -hmm. that perspective is also like legible and has the right to existence of yeah. understanding the subculture sympathetically yeah there are so many characters in here that do speak to that yeah granted they are like playwrights and dancers mm-hmm. <laughs> and writing a thesis on musical theater <laughs> that's the thing where i'm like that's a lie it's not even the fact that he's a serial killer and two writing yeah. the root of the american musical <laughs> as his thesis it's you don't have time for that <laughs> you, there's no way yeah, dude, i'm looking I- at you no <laughs> 
When he dropped Playwright, I was just like, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, what I always ask is, would you recommend this? The key is prepping yourself for stuff like this, for, yeah. for media like this. Yes. It's always, do I actually want to engage with something that was this old, yeah. that has these problems, or could I just sort of look at what it does, consider it, and go, okay, I don't need to engage with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it is about understanding, and there is intention behind this, but trying to tackle these issues, trying to explore these themes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and again, just being aware of everything that we're talking about that, like, like at the end of the day, like, I think it's a, it's a good movie besides that mm. ending. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's just the ending. Yeah. It's, it's committing to the ending, I think is the thing. Yeah. It would have made it better. Yeah. <laughs> like, rewatching <laughs> that ending again, like, I was just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Not many thoughts about that ending. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> I think you could finish the film once he has that little confrontation with Stuart mm. uh, in the hospital. I like the final just shot. Skip. I love the final shot that it's Beautiful. back on the water. Yeah. And also the fade out on him. Yeah, yeah. actually you could skip to where he's like <laughs> where he's back with his girlfriend and shaving himself mm. and like trying to like put on a facade again. And then back like into the it. fourth wall break. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he looks yeah. like yeah. It, it's always important to see the shots where he looks at the camera yeah. or when Stuart looks at the camera. Like, those are the key ones where, yeah. like, they are centered in frame and looking directly at the viewer, basically. Mm. Um, I really do love those shots. I guess if you have scarophobia, don't watch this. There's a lot of people making direct eye contact yes. to you. But otherwise, I mean, and if you're interested, especially in 80s slashers, I think this is actually a really good one. Yes. I, I think this is a really beautiful one. I feel like you should already be into a slasher or a horror genre before you even think about watching this. Yeah. So, like, if you're into those, you'll like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. At the end of the day, like, this is a slasher. Mm -hmm. I think it's trying to, like, elevate it. It's trying to do different things with it. It's trying to put it in a different lens. Mm. And, yeah, and I think it's interesting. If people are drawn to those types of stories, there's something new that this movie offers. That's yeah. what I'd say. It's violent. Yeah, thank you so much for, for joining thank me. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming to my dusty mausoleum. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. You've been listening to Cult Crypt on WNYU 89.1 FM. <laughs>